is Sydney Kiran and welcome to another episode of The Lead. The Lead from Deccan Herald brings to you voices from across the spectrum and various spheres of life. In today's episode, I have a legend who not only ruled the courts when he was swinging the racket as a player, but is dominating the circuit as one of the foremost coaches is none other than Pulela Gopichand, the second Indian badminton player to win the coveted All England Championship after Prakash Padukone, Gopi has also cradled talents like Saina Nehwal and P.V. Sindhu, two of the most recognisable sporting stars in the country. Today, he'll be chatting about his frustration in being locked up inside his house and how the road ahead looks for badminton in the pandemic-struck world. Hi Gopi, thanks for coming on board. First up, how are you doing? Well, I think it's been tough times for sport in general, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I'm still okay. I think we are the fortunate ones who have um, at least uh, some place and some things to do. Uh, so I don't see myself personally um, having uh, too many problems. But uh, in general, I think uh, when you look at the outside world and look at uh, people affected, I think uh, it pains you. While training has resumed in many places in the country, I believe the Telangana state government is yet to give you permission to restart activities at a world-famous centre because of the rising amount of COVID cases there. So how disappointed are you considering several establishments have been given permission to kickstart activities including places of worship, not your famous centre? I think in general the government of Telangana has not given permissions for any sports infrastructure, stadiums, uh, gyms and pools to be open. Uh, It's unfortunate uh, that uh, so many places, and especially if you look at uh, liquor banks and uh, pubs and uh, temples and Mm -hmm. people gathering for those, uh, but uh, sport, and I'm not talking about recreational sport, I'm talking about uh, professional sport, uh, is something uh, which is a bit unfortunate. You were just saying it's unfortunate. How are the signs looking up? Have you sought any help from the state authorities or even the sports ministry? And what are they saying? Because we all know the elite batman players train at your academy. How is it all looking up? I think the next few days are going to be, um, I think, the third phase of the lockdown. Basically, everything is going to be opened up because I think... Uh, The last lockdown, we saw malls getting opened up and temples getting opened up. So I think uh, it's just a matter of time whether before we have the uh, sports centres opening up. So we are eagerly waiting for that. Personally, how difficult is it to lock up the academy for over two months? Because normally, your academy is a beehive of activity. We all know you wake up at four in the morning and go to bed quite late in the night. So how is it? To have the academy shut, is it disappointing? Does it anger you as well? Well, I think, um, of course, I think every, everybody in the world is affected by this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we are not any different. I think from that perspective, uh, there is a sense of uh, uh, saying that, okay, it's not something which is unfair to us alone. But I think everybody is affected. I think whether you're a journalist or whether you're a politician or everybody, I think, has been in the lockdown in a scenario which uh, could have been great but not so so good at the moment. But um, as 
players uh, don't have any immediate tournaments coming up mm-hmm. it is kind of a breather so in a way is still okay with that but i think uh, long term uh, from now on what happens would be very critical for for sport for two months of a break i think it is painful but we can bear it but uh, what happens if it continues further is something which needs to be looked at we were just talking about the players how frustrated are they and how are they coping up during the pandemic what are they doing to stay fit what are interactions with them during this time because they're not able to come and train at your academy how are they managing during this difficult phase i think we've, we've actually managed to stay fit uh, because we've been having sessions on uh, zoom uh, for the um, players uh, we almost uh, two sessions a day and uh, five five days a week um, so we've kind of managed to maintain uh, the fitness to a decent level so i'm happy with the way uh, the team has worked uh, and the players have remained fit through the lockdown um but as i said i think uh, two three months is still okay but i think uh, what happens to younger players of 15 16 mm-hmm. uh, players who are 20 21 uh, i think that and players who are on the verge of um retirement or people who have probably a year to play mm-hmm. for them if they lose a year what happens is something which is very critical i was reading various articles about what the fitness trainers are saying For example, take the Indian cricket team fielding coach R Sridhar who said it will take about 6 to 8 weeks for players to be match ready. In fact, even the ICC was also saying it will take about 6 to 8 weeks for a fast bowler to be game ready. In case of shuttlers, what are your thoughts? You said they all train at home, but how will they be when it comes to the court? How long will it take for them to attain match fitness? I would say 6 to 8 weeks is something which uh, I think they should be back. And how do you propose they restart training? What is the step-by-step process that you would suggest for them to attain peak match fitness? I think each person would respond differently. But you've done. But if you've kind of managed to work through the lockdown, mm-hmm. I think uh, to take it gradually and come back is the way I would look at it. So I think the areas where they would be looking at is to see how their endurance is. Mm-hmm. um and uh, because i think there's some amount of speed jumps uh, some amount of flexibility which we can manage in the lockdown but some uh, some um, gradual incremental weight training improvements uh, some endurance improvement and of course the skill element i think these these areas need to be looked at uh, before and uh, it should be looked at by getting back gradually so so for you personally how challenging will it be because at your academy you have different sort of players you have a saina you have a sindhu you have a kashyap you have a sai pranit and so all these players have different body setups and different training regimen so now for you to cater to them and get all of them back firstly for you and all the say the nutrition coaches or physical trainers how big a challenge is it going to be in the next say couple of months to work with the players i think we've been uh, pretty uh, fortunate uh, that uh, we have a good team at the academy consisting of strength and physios uh, and nutritional support uh, we we are confident that each of them will get back uh, quickly to shape uh, because um, all of them especially the top players are all 
old enough, they mature, they've traveled, they've learned, and uh, they've kind of are in tune with what their bodies are. And um, I think uh, with the team around, we should be able to manage. Uh, yes, what happens to an 11-year-old kid, what happens to a 15 or 18-year-old is something a little uh, concerned. But I think the top players, I think, uh, will get back without much problems is what my feeling is. Okay. So, during this lockdown, one thing that you'll notice is many of these top players are using virtual training to uh, stay on top of the game. So, on the longer run, do you see a lot of elite players using this virtual medium to enhance the game? Do you see this pandemic giving rise to a lot of virtual coaching? Yeah, I believe um, that for us, I think... Uh, Virtual training is something which uh, personally for me mm-hmm. and I'm sure for many, many people um, in various fields, uh, I think we didn't uh, expect that this kind of work could be done. And uh, thanks to the pandemic, actually, uh, to be fair, we've been pretty busy doing a lot of work. I've been able to mm-hmm. interact more with the coaches and players more than actually what I normally would do. I've been able to train coaches, we've been able to have uh, attend um, um, webinars which actually helped increase our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And this is something which I think uh, we've been very fortunate with. And I think uh, this is something as a way forward uh, will be very helpful because otherwise we were traveling every other day for meetings. But we've been able to accomplish many of those things on these calls. So I'm very happy with the way things have worked out and I'm sure uh, in the future the players will have access and will be dependent on the internet or uh, virtual to actually help them uh, improve themselves. So and this could also help players say during tournaments say for example you're a very busy man so you might not be able to travel for all the tournaments so say for a few tournaments when players need a certain suggestion, they could always call you and do all these things through video. So, you think it really is a boost? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think um, players, especially in tournaments, uh, would still be doing this because um, they would call back and we would have a lot more interaction during tournaments. But even during practices where I think this will be useful for coach development, this will be useful. And also, um, if you have um, to interact with your physios or strength training coaches or in the gym, I think that could be useful. So I think a lot of uh, training help can come virtually, uh, which could be cost-effective and travel effective. Moving on to the tour. So the tour, as of now, is slated to resume only in September. But with the virus refusing to seed, do you think it's possible for them to resume tournaments as planned now? Well, I think with the numbers going up, we, we kind of postponed or cancelled tournaments, rescheduled tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, when the numbers in countries were in thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, today we are seeing them in hundreds of thousands in many countries. And um, how? And we don't have a vaccine or a cure yet. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I don't know how the BWF is planning to take this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, they're taking it one step at a time mm-hmm. uh, and are very careful, should be very careful. 
But um, as of now, uh, I really have no answers because I think the numbers are growing. Uh, the, there's no vaccine or um, nothing which has changed from March till now to say that uh, March we didn't have we didn't have tournaments because of safety. Mm-hmm. And uh, how come in September when there's no vaccine or when there's no cure or when the numbers are going up, how come uh, a decision in the other side is uh, sensible? Okay. So, in the tennis world, we've seen a lot of top players coming out and saying that they don't intend to travel anytime soon because of the problems that you suggested. We haven't heard much in badminton, but we know that all the top shuttlers in the country train with you. So, how are they feeling? What is the sentiment in them? Are they wary about traveling anytime soon? Or they just want to take things easy because about everything, health is the most important thing. And especially for players. And considering how intense the sport in badminton is. So, what is their mood? What is their sentiment, sir? I think very... Uh, is the word i think uh, they they're skeptical about uh, how how do we start and uh, everybody is uh, fearful about the things are they want to, we want them to be careful but also although players are um, immune wise good i think the fact is also that when you train hard and uh, when your bodies are tired at the highest level you also tend to be most vulnerable for infections because that's when the body is uh, because of the tiredness uh, the immunity is also a bit low so you want to be careful about players um, in an environment which is risky because tired and traveling and meeting people i think this could be very risky scenario so players are um, brave so they're ready to go but uh, i would say they're skeptical as well. So there's now the other part of economics. Now, most of the elite players can manage without, say, playing any tournament for the next six months. And obviously, there's an injury card that the earlier players could use, but we don't know what now the situation is. But for the lower-rung players, not playing is a big problem for them. So you think the lower rung players would probably be more interested in playing tournaments? I mean, not saying India, but maybe say other parts of the world? Well, it's very tricky uh-huh. because uh, sponsors have backed out. I know that sponsors are also kind of uh, drying up mm-hmm. because of a break in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, India, as you said, is still fortunate because we have either parents supporting or a system or maybe um, we have... Uh, jobs for players, not all of them, but at least there is some amount of security uh, for uh, many of them. But outside, uh, in maybe Europe or something, where players are purely dependent on uh, their earnings from sport, uh, this is going to be a big blow for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, also for us, I think uh, the second rung and the third rung players, mm-hmm. especially the guys who are maybe 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. that's the age where um, at 21 you would say a player is mm-hmm. promising young or 19 you would say promising and 21 or 22 you would say oh, it doesn't look so good as a promise. So those one, two years could be very critical 
I think those players are a bit of a concern for me. What would be your suggestion for them? Say, like, do you recommend BWF coming forward and helping those lower rung players because we saw that in tennis as well, where top players are coming together and pooling money so that the lower rung players can, you know, fend themselves off for the next few months. What do you suggest in badminton to protect these lower rung players, say, from ranking 50 to 100 or from? Hundred and beyond. I think badminton, unfortunately, is a structure which is very different. Mm-hmm. But I would really love to see players being supported by national federations mm-hmm. and being taken care of. It probably we may not get the same kind of international team building as the tennis federation because uh, we still are a sport which is governed mostly by associations. Mm-hmm. so i would love to see associations take care of them and or represent them to the bwf to help them take care of themselves so i think it's important that uh, we need to support it rightly so the players uh, beyond and i'm not even talking about the world rank players mm-hmm. because they still might have hope but imagine the next rank of players at the national level and the state level uh, i think there is a that's where my concern is even more. Sir, and also, finally, badminton, like say tennis and golf, involves a lot of globetrotting because every different event is in a different country. Now, with frequent travellers being more vulnerable to catch the virus and the strong quarantining rules in place, what would be your suggestion for staging tournaments in the near future? Well, as I have said, I think it would be very uh, prudent to think that if for the next few months there no sport is going to be without spectators mm-hmm. why don't we get all the top players because we still have a segregation of uh, say 1750-500 in the BWF uh, series mm-hmm. and why don't we have those series instead of holding one in Indonesia, Malaysia and Singapore mm-hmm. or holding one in Denmark, France and Germany why don't you have actually club two or three tournaments together Mm-hmm. Uh, stay in one venue, quarantine them, stay in one venue mm-hmm. and then play back-to-back three tournaments. And um, at most you can think of as probably move from place to place by bus or by, but without any air travel so that we kind of are able to have secure spaces which can come in. So I would prefer a lesser travel and uh, players being quarantined and staying in one place and continuously playing two or three tournaments on on a row. So you think this could change the way the Federation prepares the calendar in the near future? Because up until now we saw so much travel, but this cutting down travel, having three, four tournaments in one particular country with sponsors coming on board, even other nations coming on board, so this will eventually be beneficial for players. You think in future BWF should look into such an aspect? Yeah, I'm sure it should look into it because uh, this amount of travel from a cost perspective is uh, just not making sense. And uh, we as a sport uh, still are not so spectator um, revenue-wise because um, I think uh, at the moment with the pandemic, it also kind of brings down sport without spectators. Then how does it matter? where you're playing and uh, your main audience is uh, television so why don't you just 
uh, stay in one place in back-to-back play tournaments, so which could actually be beneficial for uh, television viewers. Uh, it be beneficial for uh, the PWF to ensure that the players are not unnecessarily exposed uh, to the virus uh, in travel times. So thank you so much for taking your time and talking to Deccan Herald. Very wonderful, candid thoughts there. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That's all in today's episode. Tune in this evening on a news update podcast from the newsroom to catch all the exciting developments of the day and to get the news while it's still budding. For latest news and updates, log on to www.deckandherald.com. Check out our e-paper at www.deckandheraldepaper.com. To read news on the go, sign up to our Telegram channel t.me slash News. Keep up with the news from your interested sphere by downloading the all-new Deccan Herald app, in which you can personalize, have quick glance at news shots, check highlights and even listen them too. You can get it from Google Play Store and Apple App Store, and you can find the links to the same in the description. 